You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. At Whole Foods Market. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at SiteVisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I am joined by Adam Gitane and Joey Fischella, and they are the co-founders of MyCoinSolution.com. Hi, guys. Hey, Andy. How's it going? Hey, Andy. Pretty good, thanks. Um, thanks for joining us. Now, you two guys are Bitcoin experts, and I remember, if my memory doesn't uh, fail me, that we haven't talked about Bitcoin on the show before, so I'm quite excited to talk to you guys and I think that our listeners should be aware of it, how it works, because some of us think that Bitcoin is the future. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having us on the show. We're pretty excited to be here. It's absolute pleasure. So let's start off then with um, perhaps a, a definition of Bitcoin and how it started. So Bitcoin is a simple and elegant way of sending money online. It started in November 2008 with a white paper released by Satoshi Nakamoto, yeah. the pseudonym of the creator of Bitcoin. The white paper described an electronic e-cash currency that could be used in a decentralized fashion and can be um, used to send payments around the world. Shortly thereafter, in January 3rd of 2009, the Bitcoin software was released along with the final draft of the white paper. And this stirred into a frenzy of computers mining on the network, people interested in Bitcoin and what Bitcoin could do for the world. Yeah. And everyone who participated in securing the network with their computer was awarded uh, with Bitcoins. So it's kind of been going for about five years now, five and a half years. Yeah. And uh, the network is holding strong and Bitcoins have a real world value. You know, I've, I've tried to talk to people about Bitcoin because I, I kind of like to pretend I fully understand how it works from a technical standpoint. Uh -huh. And I normally flash... Um, terms around like uh, a sort of blockchain and stuff but yeah. I, I get terribly mixed up and uh, is it possible to just like in three minutes paint uh, a sort of semi-technical picture of how it actually works sure that, of that course. We might, even i would understand right so at the beginning people participated in mining bitcoin yeah. and mining bitcoin is the process of creating new coins yeah and through this process computers compete with each other to solve equations yeah. that prove that they've done the work of verifying transactions on the network. Right. So when you want to send coins to someone else, let's say you want to send me 100 Bitcoin. Yeah. Thank you. That would be nice. Yeah. I'll just get that sorted out now for you then. <laughs> Great. So let's say you want to send me 100 Bitcoin. 
you put that transaction on the network yeah. and the miners verify whether or not you have 100 Bitcoin to send me. And after that verification process is complete, there is a payment of 50 Bitcoins, or which is now 25 Bitcoins, uh, paid to the miner who solves that first. And that's a super simplified version of what's happening on the network. Yeah. But in essence, each computer that contributes a certain amount of computing power to secure the network gets paid in proportion of how much computing power they're contributing uh, compared to the whole network. So if you want to start mining Bitcoin, you can buy a mining machine or buy any computer basically can do this. Uh, you can plug into the network, start solving equations, and start getting paid for that uh, service that you're providing. And the interesting thing is that the Bitcoin network is actually more powerful than the top 10 supercomputers in the world. Mm. Because there are so many individual people that are working on solving these equations and securing the network that we have like an overwhelming amount of computing power throughout tens of thousands of people you know, processing these equations. So it sounds like it's, it's a peer-to-peer -peer sort of verification system. That's correct. That's my programming brain kicking in. <laughs> and if I, can, if I can add on top of that too, sort of what makes this important is with this peer-to-peer -peer system uh, is it's actually a little bit more efficient than the way we think about transactions uh, and verifying those transactions today. So if you think about swiping your MasterCard, that transaction has to be verified in the sense that you have to have enough money in your bank account or within your credit limit for that transaction to be verified. Mm. And that verification process happens by some centralized MasterCard servers that do that. Yeah. Um, but in this case, with the peer-to-peer -peer network, um, that verification process is distributed amongst all of the people contributing in the network, and um, they're being rewarded by the creation of new Bitcoins. So that's what keeps the fees extremely low. Now, I keep hearing this... Uh, the, the, there is a story, isn't there, about the very first Bitcoin transaction. Um, it's called the Million Dollar Pizza Story. Is that right? That's correct. Who wants to Actually, tell me about that? Is, that? is that is that your story, Joey? Yeah, so I'll handle this one. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, after a year of mining Bitcoins, so people had amassed like a large amount of coins, um, and no one had really assigned a value to a Bitcoin before this. No one was really selling them. So the first real world transaction in the Bitcoin world was a user buying two pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoins, <laughs> which is a crazy amount. Well, that seems Bitcoin like a lot set. of money, but what was it worth in those days? <laughs> it was worth about $20. Okay. Um, <laughs> in fact, there was an auction for 10,000 Bitcoin around the same time, for $50, but no one bought them. And thinking about that now, I mean, they're $500 for one Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been an insane deal. So hang on, let me get this right. That's uh, 10,000 Bitcoin for the pizza, and Bitcoin is roughly $500 per Bitcoin at the moment. So that's... That's about $5 million. Yes, yeah, $5 million. Today's value that they paid for that pizza. <laughs> so that's, that's the million-dollar pizza story. And it's, it's everyone in the Bitcoin world knows about it. There's like, you'll see a lot of pizza icons and stuff and references to that. And also, uh, I think one of the first uh, Bitcoin accepting stores uh, was an alpaca sock uh, farm or an, alpa al an alpaca farm that made like clothing. Yeah. And they sold their alpaca socks for Bitcoin. And um, if you look at a lot of stuff like on Coinbase, they say like, you know, uh, your merchant store can accept Bitcoin and they have like a, pi a picture of alpaca socks and stuff. It's just a little inside joke. And the community has all those sort of things that are uh, 
really fresh in the mind of all users because of this like rich history that we have. Yeah. Well, I really want to get into like who's using it and how we're using it in a minute. But first of all, let's just cover a few because I hear people going, "Oh, Bitcoin," and they 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 quote news stories and all sorts of things. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Bitcoin, isn't there? What well, what isn't Bitcoin, or what is it? What is it not? Should I probably best way of saying it? So it's funny you asked that. I actually just noticed the other day uh, I was talking to a group of people who I'd never met before and didn't really seem to know much about Bitcoin. And I was talking to some of them individually. And when I said that I worked with Bitcoin, they all seemed to know one interesting fact about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And they all had sort of different facts that they knew uh, or associations, I guess. Um, but I, it was sort of interesting to hear what some of the more common ones were. So uh, one of the ones that I heard uh, is that it's the fake money that computers are rewarded uh, for solving certain sort of game. And uh, so, of course, what they're referring to are miners and how miners are actually being rewarded Bitcoin for verifying transactions. But they sort of had this association of some people with computers solving a game. Uh, you know, a common one is that, oh, it's this big scam. Uh, and that probably is, stems from a lot of reasons. You've heard of probably Mt. Gox, which is the exchange out of Japan yes. um, that lost quite a bit of money. And so, you know, we can talk about that a little bit, but they ended up losing $400 million or so worth of Bitcoin because of a flaw in sort of their system. And when they lost all of this money uh, and found themselves in a $400 million hole, they had to declare bankruptcy. And so a lot of people lost a lot of money uh, and felt scammed, uh, rightfully so. Uh, And it it was unfortunate that in the Bitcoin community, there was this bad player um, and you know, didn't have the best running software um, or the most secure system. But uh, Bitcoin is not a scam. Uh, and so that's an interesting association that some people have. So Mt. Gox was, um, it's where you go and exchange money. So you could exchange your Bitcoins for sort of fiat currency, presumably. Exactly. It's yeah. an exchange. That's mm-hmm. the word, exchange. Yeah, it's an exchange, wasn't it? Yep. And so Mt. Gox was an exchange. And what people discovered, uh, and when I say people, it was a very small group of people, presumably, that found this technical flaw. But there's something within Bitcoin, and I'm getting a little bit technical here, called transaction malleability, mm. where you can disguise a transaction to give it a, a different title. So say I had Bitcoins stored in the exchange on Mt. Gox, and then I withdrew them. So Mt. Gox sends me, say, one Bitcoin. Mm. Um, and then that has a transaction uh, with a number and a title. And you can find that transaction in the blockchain. And that's how that transaction was sent to me. Um, But what is possible uh, is to sort of disguise that transaction. And this is sort of an intentional design um, nuance of the Bitcoin technology that Mt. Gox hadn't accounted for. Mm. And so people were able to wrongfully say that they never received their Bitcoin by disguising this transaction ID and Mt. Gox had no effective way of verifying the validity of these claims. And so they were double sending people Bitcoin. Um, Now, that being said, the other exchanges were not susceptible to this flaw because they were aware of this nuance in the Bitcoin design. And and it was was created this way for a number of reasons. Um, And you know, it, it's well documented. Um, it just happened to be that Mt. Gox did not account for this. And when it was exploited, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin were lost. Wow. 
So yeah, so going back to what Bitcoin is not, um, you know, I, another funny misconception that I that I hear a lot uh, is about the drug dealers' money. Yeah, and yeah. That that sort of stems from uh, the Silk Road. I don't know if you're familiar with with that site, but there was a site called the Silk Road, which went down, I believe, October of yeah. 2013. I do remember and, this. Yes, and uh, and they they were able to catch the creator and uh, an owner of the Silk Road website. He was uh, living in California and at the time had about $60 million worth of, of Bitcoin, which over time became worth almost 10 times that uh, after the fact of the Silk Road going down. But because of this online marketplace that allowed people to anonymously buy and sell drugs and other illegal goods um, using Bitcoin, a lot of people associated Bitcoin with sort of this illegal, illicit, anonymous activity, which, you know, in today's day and age, um, that sort of activity has gone markedly down and represents only a small fraction uh, of how Bitcoin is being used. Um, and presumably very little, uh, at least to my knowledge, uh, of Bitcoin is being used in that fashion. Yeah. Uh, it's like any new technology, isn't it? Especially disruptive technologies. You bring a new technology in and it's usually a double-edged sword. You can use it for good or a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And it you hear about people sort of saying that the internet is evil, don't you? Because a few of us just use it for bad things, but the vast majority of us use it for good things. I mean, there are a lot of people out there using Bitcoin, right? We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's just go over what's the advantage of Bitcoin. Why is sort of, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this show are sort of uh, small, medium businesses. They, they have online sort of retail stores. Why is accepting Bitcoin a good idea? What are the advantages? So I guess I'll talk to you a little bit, and Joey, if you have any ideas, you can jump in. But I sort of say that there, at least for merchants, um, there are sort of three primary reasons accepting Bitcoin is important. Mm. So the first one is that the fees are extremely low, uh, and in some cases negligible. Um, and so there's a, a famous example of, Joey, was it 6 or $16 million? I believe it was $16 million. Yeah, $16 million. 
was transferred from one individual to another, uh, $16 million worth of Bitcoin rather. And the transaction fee on that was six cents. Um, and <laughs> which is ridiculous if you think about six it. Cents. Yeah. Six <laughs> cents, um, to send $16 million worth of Bitcoin. And, uh, and that's about the going rate. So, um, right now, you know, most merchants, when they accept credit cards or, um, PayPal or other sort of online processors, they're charged with fees up two and a half percent, three percent, sometimes even much higher than that. Mm. Um, and so if you're running a business that has relatively low margins, even 10 percent, 15 percent margins, three percent off the top for all of your transactions is quite a bit to be paying Visa and MasterCard. So that's one really big reason we're seeing merchants. The second, how do, how do these work? How do these transaction fees work? Who decides what they're going to be? So the transaction fees are what people use as an incentive for miners to mine that transaction. So when I send you money, um, or Bitcoin rather, when I send it to you, I would attach a, a small transaction fee. And uh, right now, you can attach zero transaction fee, um, but most people at, attach about 0. 0.0001 Bitcoins, which is about six cents uh, on today's exchange rate. Mm. And what that does is that incentivizes the miners who mine that transaction um, to get those six cents. Now, you know, we talked about the miners reward, uh, which does happen. Um, but this also prevents people from spamming the network and just broadcasting hundreds of thousands of transactions that don't mean anything to, you know, attack the network. Yeah, you can kind of think of it as like a postage stamp. Yeah. Um, except there's sort of like an open bidding war going on between all the transaction uh, issuers. Like if I want my transaction to be put to the network first, I can pay a little bit more mm. and it'll be prioritized higher. Um, I see. But right. yeah, there is a minimum amount that you have to attach to your transaction if it doesn't meet a certain set of requirements or if it does go over the size limit. It's very analogous to the you know packing and shipping industry that we have in mm. the <laughs> the old type of uh, mail service where if you're sending such a large package, you have to pay more. Uh, in the same way, a large transaction that can be very big in file size, uh, you need to pay a little bit more on the network to send those bitcoins over. But it sounds like it's a, it's it's a a lot lower than we're used to with you know the central banks and you know money transfers and things like that. Correct. The yeah. fees are very very low. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's also important to note, without getting too technical, that a large package, quote unquote, does not actually have anything to do with necessarily the number of Bitcoins that you're sending. It has to do with the, the number of bytes in the transaction. And that can be affected by a number of reasons. But typically, if you tend to um, be the recipient of many, many very small transactions, so say you received 100,000 transactions for a dollar each, and you're trying to then send $100,000, that could potentially be a large trend, a large transaction in terms of the number of bytes yes used. yeah i see yeah versus if you're trying to send a hundred thousand dollars worth of bitcoin but you just received in one transaction a hundred thousand dollars worth of bitcoin that would be a very small transaction to write so what other advantages are there so we talked about the low fees one of the things also that we could talk about uh, is the fact that there's no chargebacks mm. so with credit cards right now if a if a customer um, pays for a product using a credit card, receives the product or the service, 
um, you know, and they call their credit card company up and say, I never received the product or service that I was supposed to receive. The credit card company more often than not will side with the consumer mm. rather than the merchant who sort of has their hands tied in the matter of whether or not they want to accept Visa or MasterCard. Yeah. So, so oftentimes what will happen is merchants are fraudulently charged back. Um, and, and this can be in some cases uh, extremely high rates worth in, of chargebacks of people fraudulently pulling their money back. And with Bitcoins, once you send a Bitcoin, um, there's no taking that transaction back once it's been mined. Yes. So um, that's not to say that a merchant couldn't refund your money if they say, if they you know are agree with with your concerns uh, and they want to send you your money back, um, but you can't reach into their pocket and with and pull it out. Now I've heard this expression st- still on the subject of, of why Bitcoin is a good idea. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping one of you can explain it to me. Someone mentioned the Bitcoin bump to me recently. What's the Bitcoin bump? Joey, do you want to you want to talk about this one? Sure. Oh, this is you coined the phrase, man. This is <laughs> was that was okay. that yours? Actually, so I I had heard it before. I I, I wish I could take credit. Oh, really? I yeah, I, I had it. heard it before. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it is an expression that I use quite often. Um, and and the Bitcoin bump is essentially, you know, we see m- new merchants accepting Bitcoin because they want to make a name for themselves yeah. and they want to be able to, you know, get their their. Uh, company in the newspapers like the Wall Street Journal or uh, the New York Times. And I know that these might not necessarily be some of the newspapers that your listeners are reading to. I, I don't know what some um, big newspapers or publications are uh, on the other side of the Atlantic. But, uh, you know, when when we see some big companies start accepting Bitcoin and even small ones, that's a really good way uh, for them to get good publicity, which costs them effectively nothing. Um, and, you know, there's this whole market of people who have Bitcoin, who have been mining Bitcoin or are just interested in technology and want to spend Bitcoin on things. Uh, I'm one of those people. And I often, you know, am tempted to spend Bitcoin uh, on whatever I can just because it's, you know, I'm supporting the community and I have Bitcoin and, and it's, uh, it's something that I, I enjoy and it, it's easy for me and it's easy to spend Bitcoin. Yeah. And so, by reaching this whole new audience uh, who are very eager consumers, uh, it's, it's the Bitcoin bump. Because this is, I mean, it, it, it's also international, isn't it? There are no sort of physical borders, are there, with Bitcoin? That's correct. Uh, Bitcoin works in any country. As long as there's an internet connection on your computer, you can connect to the network. Yeah. And I believe that most of the nodes are in the United States, China, and Germany. But it doesn't matter where most of the nodes are. As long as there's a node that you can connect to, uh, you'll be able to uh, send and receive Bitcoin uh, throughout the world. In fact, some companies even make it easier by uh, holding your Bitcoin and letting you send instant transactions over the network, uh, which is like kind of like a service that they provide uh, so that you can more easily uh, use Bitcoin without having to actually download the client and do all the work of you know setting up a wallet and stuff like that, which is a really, really cool feature. One more thing. So I know we've been talking a lot about sort of the benefits of Bitcoin for merchants. And I think that this is really important because we're seeing a lot of merchants start accepting Bitcoin. But I want to talk about one advantage of Bitcoin for, for the consumer, um, because that's something that a lot of people ask. You know, that's great and all. And I totally get that merchants want to use it. But I'm perfectly happy using my Visa card. I don't get charged 3%. Mm. But I want to I make the point that when you send 
um, when you send someone Bitcoin, uh, your your identity is safe. Uh, and and, and what, I, what I mean by that is when you make a payment using your credit card information, you have to give them enough information that they could potentially use it to steal from you. So you give them your credit card number, the expiration date, maybe your your postal code, maybe your phone number and your address. So you have to give them a lot of information about yourself, including the yeah. full credit card number. It's, it's potentially and insecure, isn't it? Absolutely. And so we saw in the United States, Target was hacked a few months back and tens of millions of credit card information was stolen. Mm. And, you know, that presents a very large problem because, you know, when you give someone your credit card or even just at the gas station, um, when you use your credit card and your credit card number could be stolen and used against you maliciously. Um, with When you send transactions uh, using Bitcoin, you can give them enough information to identify that you are the one sending the Bitcoin, but not so much information that they could potentially steal your Bitcoin. So there's something called a private key, and that's a secret password that you have that secures your Bitcoin. And you know that's kept secret forever. Uh, and as long as you keep that a secret, no one can steal your Bitcoin, even though they're able to identify that the Bitcoins came from you. Yes, because it is, it is cryptographically based, isn't it, Bitcoin? It is. Uh, and so that's what makes it so secure. Yeah. I think a good analogy is like sending an email. Um, when I send you an email, uh, you see that it's from Adam Katane, and you s- can easily reply to me and send me an email back, but you couldn't send an email as if you were Adam Katane. Um, and it's the same idea with Bitcoin. A fascinating insight into Bitcoin there. Thanks, guys. What we're going to do with this show, uh, listeners, is it, we've got a lot to talk about. So in part two, in next week's show, we're going to be talking about sort of who's using Bitcoin and, and further information about how to use it. So, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Andy. Andy, thanks for having us. How can people find out about your company and find out about you online? Well, we'd love for people to reach out. They can find us online at www.mycoinsolution.com or they can email us, uh, info at mycoinsolution.com. Follow us on Twitter at mycoinsolution. And if anyone's interested in learning more about Bitcoin or how Bitcoin could apply to their business, and you know, we really think that Bitcoin adds a lot of value to businesses. And so if you're interested in learning more, please reach out again, info at mycoinsolution.com. Uh, we'd be happy to answer all of those questions. Thanks, guys. Brought to you by Site Visibility, of course, at sitevisibility.com slash podcast. That's the place to go if you want to find us on the web. If you want to email us, it's podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. If you want to call us, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes and please rate us as well. So we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing with more Bitcoin goodness. It's goodbye for now. See you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.